Welcome to the Chick Monks Podcast, where we explore the spiritual path of contemplative Christianity with a female voice and perspective. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in glory of his Father with the holy angels. Wow, humans are so afraid to die. Do you ever wonder why that seems to be a uniquely human experience? You notice other animals don't seem to fret or express the same or any anxiety about death. I think because they don't express a self-concept. There's no resistance to death because they don't develop an eye as it distinguishes I from the rest of the pack or the world or the universe. They play their part without resistance. They live and die and continue in peace in what the late great King Mufasa called the circle of life. But we humans were different. Well, we make ourselves different. We seek meaning. We want to know who we are, and what are we doing, and are we doing it right? And it's the awareness of our death that seems to be the engine behind those questions. Whether we're aware of it or not, we're all seekers, telling ourselves stories about how things work and who we are. And in rehearsing those stories, we find our role. We establish an identity. We find a sense of selfhood, this part that we play in which we interact with one another and build a whole experience of this world. We build what we call a life. And that life is going to end. When it does, what will it mean about me? Well, that you were and are human. And that's pretty much it. What kind of human you are is a different conversation altogether, but your life, the quote-unquote life you built, is gone without you to inhabit it. The eternal part of you returns to God in perfect love and oneness and to true life, eternal life, and the quest to understand who you are in your separation from that love is complete. You have finished. 
the separation is over. So, take all of this existential angst I've stirred up, you're welcome, and focus through that on Peter in today's gospel reading. His character in this conversation is the embodiment of all our deepest fears in this human experience. He's afraid of them too. Disappointment, failure, suffering, betrayal, death. And Jesus says to his disciples, I am going to do all of the things that you kids are the most afraid of just to flip all your fear on its head. And when I do, it's going to save you. But Peter, this doesn't work for him. That's not the good news he wanted. Peter was expecting a revolution, an insurrection. He had tasted oppression and injustice at the hands of the Romans, and his salvation was supposed to come by taking their power back. Jesus was supposed to fix things here and now, not abandon his disciples while they still needed him. There was still work to be done. And this is exactly what we want when we are focused on this small, individual experience of the universe that I call me, or my life. This blip on the cosmic radar that I identify with. So Peter is suddenly standing in a strange place. He resists his teacher's work, because even Peter's biggest dreams are too limited for the love he's gotten himself into. And you know what Jesus says? Get behind me, Satan. He tells him he's consumed with the things of the world and his request of Jesus is the very request of the adversary. The meaning of the Hebrew word Satan, Satan, is the adversary. He says, get away from me, you who are against me. He's telling Peter his short-sightedness directly opposed the will of God because the will of God is anything but short-sighted. Put another way, Jesus could have said, Peter, you're letting your fear control you right now, and you've lost all perspective of everyone and everything other than you. And see, that's the tension That's the struggle, the great irony we all face. The more we get swept up in the roles we play in our time here on this earth, the more disconnected from our true purpose we become, which is connection itself. The more we buy into the idea of this little L life, the more we miss out on the big L, eternal life. The world around us tells us to make something of ourselves. But Jesus says our lives take on their fullest meaning only when we see their imminent end and completely surrender to it as part of the whole thing. To be clear, the surrender asked of us isn't so much of a judgment and execution as a pruning of a vine, yeah? And Jesus uses this metaphor in John's gospel later to describe life with God. I am the vine and you are the branches, he says. And pruning is only a cutting back of some of the goodness so that more life will grow in its place. We are a part of this vine. 
What would you gain if you were to win the whole world but lose yourself in the process? When you see the fleeting nature of this life on earth, you can fight and push and try to make your tiny fleck of existence mean something special all on its own. Bear spiritual fruit, be a good person, make a lot of money, whatever it is that drives you, or you can surrender. Surrender to the greater whole, the big picture, the cosmic glory that has been and is and will continue its unfolding in all directions before and after you, and if you will let it in you. When you surrender to this, suddenly your life takes on the significance of the entire cosmos. This is eternal life. As you live, the force of love and life that gives all of this existence and keeps it all going is free in you. This is the freedom of faith. This faith is not in an easy or painless existence, as evidenced in the gospel reading and the Old Testament reading today of a couple starting their family in their 90s, or the picture of Jesus walking steadily to his cross. This is faith, not as an easy pass, but as an invitation to a different reality altogether. Faith is participating in the unseen reality of the love of God. Faith is freedom from the fears and limitations of this temporary world. You are free from the need to make something special of your life. Because you realize that actual, true life is so much bigger than your small existence. You're free to give and receive life. Not just the tasks and activities that come with being a human, but the kind of presence that makes everyone around you breathe a little easier. You are free to be that. You are free to give yourself fully in love to others. And in so doing, you're free from the burden of fear about who you are and what it all means. A part of us always fights back with reasons why that might be nice for someone else. It's just not for us or we're not ready or some other story that keeps us and holds us back. That part is fear. The psychological word for that fear that tells us to figure out who we are is ego. Ego is our experience of separateness from God. Ego is who we think we are when it's anything other than one with all things. And ego, when we notice it, is our invitation back to God. Recognizing our separateness from God And from one another is always an opportunity to come back to love, come back to communion, come back to oneness. Again and again, let go of your definitions of yourself. Let go of the temporary life you cling to and receive in its place eternal life and glory. Again and again, We remember our connection to one another and to God. And when we do this, we die to ourselves. 
every time we surrender to the great love that is life, we choose faith. We take up our crosses and we follow Jesus into that which we cannot fully see. We open our finite minds and these temporary bodies to the possibility of our infinite God. It is scary. We're practicing dying, but it's faith. Even if the word God doesn't resonate with you, think of it as life itself. Surrender to life itself. Think of it as a trust fall with life into vulnerability and opening ourselves to the grief and passion and unpredictability and mess and beauty that comes with a life completely open to love. This is faith and nothing else. Faith is surrender to a reality much bigger than we can see or fully know. And it is the way to life forever in Christ. Amen.